You're listening to the Photographer's Story Podcast. I'm your host, Hark Najjar, and joining me is international photography business coach, Bernie Griffiths, as my co-host. Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, today, we're joined by Jessica Robertson. Um, she's a uh, senior portrait photographer uh, based in uh, Virginia, Ashland, Virginia, right? That is correct. So yes. we're going to pass the big it old to town of Ashland, Virginia. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, uh, Jessica. And uh, we also have uh, Bernie online very, very early in the morning. Bernie, good to see you again. Uh, good to see you, Hawk. Hi, Jessica. Thank you and welcome. Pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so grateful. We're looking forward to hearing a lot of stories. And uh, this is the podcast is all about photographer stories. So Bernie, go ahead. Well, yes, this is about photographers' stories, Jessica. Now, I know that you're fairly new to the photography industry, and uh, I compare <laughs> everyone to myself, having been in the industry over 50 years, everybody is new to the industry. Um, but uh, I noticed one thing about you is that you do a lot of senior portraits. <clears throat> so Tell us about that firstly. You do a lot of 200 senior portraits plus a year. Tell us a little bit about that. We do, we do. So this year we've done uh, 232 so far. Um, it's been a beautiful year in terms of our business, <laughs> not speaking to other things of 2020. Um, so it has been an evolution in terms of that being a main portion of what I get to do. Um, in terms of referencing uh, length of time in the industry, I uh, just celebrated this past May 20 years of being a professional photographer. So that was a oh, fun congratulations. milestone. Yeah, I'll raise a glass of champagne and I don't know what Hawk's going to uh, raise. I, he doesn't drink, apparently. Is that right, Hawk? You Coffee or drink. Well, whatever you want to raise, I'll take it. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I will certainly raise my uh, cup of tea. How is that? <laughs> Your cup right. of tea. I love that. That's perfect. And I'll raise, I'll raise some red, red wine for sure. So, um, yeah, so 20 years, it's uh, even strange for me to say that, uh, you know, initially I definitely did anything and everything within legal means to create a revenue. And so I photographed babies and weddings and seniors and families and a little commercial work and headshots and anything in terms of that life cycle. And I thought that that was a good thing to do. And then I just really always gravitated to senior portraits. And so over the years, other segments, I either cut out or greatly reduced. And then now we are primarily senior portraits. We do about 50 families a year and then some headshots and branding work sprinkled in there. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. And uh, I noticed from your website, uh, you've got listed seniors, families, bellies and babies, children's, tweens, pets, engagement, bridal. All right, Bernie, shot. I know that's got to get updated. You're right. Thank you, sir. Uh, I, that's, no, um, I, I knew you'd say month, that. I'm definitely updating yeah. that. You're right. <laughs> Everybody says that. Uh, the website always needs updating. Um, so, <laughs> so we have to cut some of that out, do we? We do. We do. And we have, you know, um, Typically, we'll refer some of that out to other photographers that uh, we feel do a great job and that can honestly probably do a better job than we can do for them because they really specialize in that, that area. So it is nice to refer to our fellow photographers as well. And I, I noticed there's something missing there that I think you do anyway. Maybe you don't. Isn't that boudoir? 
I don't, I don't. Um, Did I dabble in it a little bit? Sure. I'll be honest with you. Uh, It's a little struggle for me in terms of my brand, right? Being really uh, clear about what I'm doing. And sometimes I think that that can get a little blurred when you have uh, too many areas or areas that can be potentially contentious, quite frankly. Uh, for me, if there is someone that's like, hey, I really trust you. I want to do this. Would I do it for them? Absolutely. For sure. Uh, in a tasteful, of course, way that I hope would be something that would elevate a woman. Um, I am challenged a little bit sometimes when people are saying that they will uh, photograph people to empower them, but then put them in positions that I don't feel like are empowering. So, so uh, sometimes I struggle with the boudoir aspect of that yeah. in terms of truly empowering a woman through certain body positions. I'll just but but uh, <laughs> let, let's not forget the guys, Jessica. Look, I love a, a boudoir session with you. A boudoir, um, yes. Oh, uh, yes, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, profile shot. (laughs) Yeah. Some some of us. I have had requests and I thought it, that actually happened to me about 10 years ago. And I thought it was one of my friends calling and it ended up being a legitimate person. And so I probably shouldn't joke back when I made fun of the person who I thought was my friend calling and asking me about doing some male nudes. And it ended up being a legit caller. So no, that yeah. is not actually an area that I have participated in. Yeah, well, it's um, there's a demand for everything, right? Potentially. <laughs> and uh, some I, greater so, than others. I had the same sort of phone call: a, a guy wanting some nude photographs, and I actually took them. Wonderful. Yeah, he didn't quite have the svelte and slim and beautiful and muscled body that I have, but. I did the best I could with him. Right. Excellent. Excellent. I like it. Uh, so you started this journey how long ago? 20 years, I'm guessing. And when did you pick up a camera? Why did you pick up a camera? And what camera was that that you did pick up? A lot of questions. So I was actually thinking about that this morning as I was getting ready. Uh, there's definitely an influence of my dad. So my entire life, my dad had a camera in his hands. And so I would say that his influence in terms of my interest in photography is quite significant. I initially went to college for, uh, I was pre-med in college. I was getting a degree in biology and a minor in chemistry. And I had one more class to finish my biology degree and one more class for a chem minor when I decided to change and become an art major. And I took a photography class and I fell in love and I went to London and I did two internships with Reuters and with Daily Mail. Um, I discovered there that I like a little bit more control. I didn't want to just photograph an event, have no interaction and then turn in my, at the time, film. And so I found portraiture to be the area that really interests me. Uh, I love the human interaction. And I think that that's kind of what tied me back to that medical profession and wanting to work with people and help people. And obviously in photography, just under more celebratory kind of circumstances. And so I graduated from college uh, with a degree in art in 2000 uh, with a concentration in photography. And I quickly realized I had no idea how I could take my love of photography and turn it into a career. 
And so I taught um, at the high school level teaching biology for uh, four, no, three years and then two years uh, photography while I built my business on the side. So there was a progression of time where I uh, worked on weekends and evenings and built my business. And then subsequently in 2005, we opened our first retail space. Uh, and so we have been a retail studio since 2005. Yeah. That's quite the journey. Uh, uh, I think we share something in common. Uh, you graduated, or at least started undergrad in science. So did I, and uh, look what I'm doing right now as well. So <laughs> I took a little bit of a detour, but uh, you at least you knew that you wanted to go into art uh, right uh, while you were still in school. Um, so when you started your studio, did you go straight into shooting seniors, or obviously you tried a bunch of different things? Uh, when was the time that uh, you decided that you wanted to shoot seniors? So it was always a part of what I enjoyed doing. Uh, it's interesting how your life kind of takes you to that place. Uh, I, I never knew, or I did not know initially that kind of my life circumstance, I think led me to that anyway. So I, I do believe there was a greater plan there. And so initially it really was just like throwing noodles at the wall and seeing what would stick, you know? And so while I enjoyed different aspects, I enjoyed doing weddings for a while. <laughs> and then the stress and anxiety was just too much. And when we had built the other areas of our business to such a place that I felt like if we just shifted our attention by shifting our attention, shifting our marketing, shifting our efforts, shifting our social media um, decisions to really dominate in the areas that we wanted, it kind of naturally progressed into those areas that honestly, I feel like are my strengths, but also where people needed. And so one of the nice things about seniors is there's a new bunch every year. And so as long as you're in my mind, taking care of those clients, creating imagery that uh, clients want, then an, an experience that people want, then hopefully it's going to feed itself, if you will. I remember the last time we spoke, uh, I think also with Bernie, uh, and we were talking about in Canada, there's not being a huge market for seniors. Uh, so I don't really, at least when I graduated uh, back in school, way back in the back in the day, I, I don't remember any sort of big thing about the graduation pictures and so forth. When you graduated, do you remember your senior session or, or was it not a big thing uh, when you graduated uh, from high school? <laughs> Oh, do I remember it? I tell do. us about it. I do. It was so amazing that I did it through the high school and I went into the gym, took a hideous photograph that I hated so much. And alongside of some of my friends that one of my friend's moms found a photographer uh, and we went into the church and tried again. And yeah, it is. It's a pretty epic image that I have a copy somewhere in a drawer somewhere, you know? So no, it wasn't a thing, you know? And, you know, I graduated in high school in 96. So no, it really wasn't a thing back then. And, you know, I do talk to photographers all over the United States. It wasn't really a thing here in Ashland either. When I first came, one of our yearbook advisors, he would typically have about 20 kids a year that would go to an outside photographer. So to put that in perspective, that same high school now, we photograph between 60 and 70 kids at that high school. So just because it's not a thing, I don't think that that should be the reason why you're not doing it. I challenge you to make it a thing, you know? And it may it may take time because it took me time as well. But if it's something that you love, I think that you can generate that, making it a thing in your community if it's something that you really want. 
you think the kids will one day look back and look at the senior pictures that my photographer did does, does it ever, that thought ever cross your mind that somebody's going to look at your work making man i i mean <laughs> i'm just throwing it out there i'm just trying to be devil's advocate here it does it does absolutely and i think that that's one of the reasons I am in a more conservative area, you know, and I mean, I look back at images I did five years ago and I can pick them apart and go, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Why did I pose them like that? Why did I do that? Why didn't I fix that? I mean, so I think that being a true artist, you're always kind of critiquing your own work. And along that same line, the same lines, I think that there are images that are less classic that we create that are more trendy. And so trends change. We can't help that. Hairstyles change, glasses change, shoes change, all of those things change. So you're always going to look back in 10 years and be like, why did I wear Vans to my senior portraits? That's ridiculous. But at the time you're like, yeah, I wore my Vans. I looked good, you know? So I think that that's a natural thing to happen. And I think that that's why in the images that we try and create, we are trying to create images that are a little bit more timeless. And so while we do recommend being on trend, typically we'll recommend more solid clothing, um, still creating that good color harmony with the environment, uh, not being so overly trendy, especially in our retouching, trying to stay more natural, less, you know, glowy and filtered, which I know is a thing for some people and that's great, but it's been a, a choice that we've made in our business to be more natural and classic so that, you know, in 15 years, when you come back with your kids to your parents' home, that you're not trying to hide the portrait on the wall and check it under the bed before your husband sees it, you know? So we do want them to feel beautiful and we want that to be something that is an heirloom for them and not something that they're embarrassed of when they, like I said, come home from college or whatever. <laughs> I mean, there's always gonna be a client, regardless of how much we tell them, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, just to make the image stand out or just make sure that everything it fits within the image and there's nothing weird about it but there's always that client that's going to show up oh i just love this outfit so what are some of your most memorable moments where you actually somebody just showed up at your session and you thought oh this is hideous but the client actually wanted to go ahead and still be photographed do you have any of those stories or did you ever have any of those clients show up so sure, you don't have to, you don't have to name names. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, clearly not. <laughs> so this one time Bernie came to my studio, I'm kidding, kidding, okay. kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I will have kids that will show up and their clothes won't be ironed. They'll pull them out of the bag and, and they're all crumpled up and we'll have to take care of that by a steamer or an iron. I'm going to photograph a kid as long as it's in clothing in whatever they really want. Now, if they have a variety of clothing, which is typically what we recommend bringing in, now we do a consultation. So they're supposed to bring their clothes to the consultation. And so if someone has something hideous, I have no problem standing up, grabbing that item of clothing, putting it up against my body, and then watching their eyes. And when their eyes jog down to the clothing, I say, what are you looking at? Are you looking at the outfit? Or are you looking at my face? Because ultimately what you want your, your people that love you to look at is not your clothing. You want them to see your face. And so if your clothing has polka dots all over it, or in the South, a lot of people wear Lily Pulitzer, which is the bane of my existence <laughs> in terms of the color palette, as well as uh, the patterns, now there's some, some that are more solid, which I'm, I'm cool with that, but when it's so busy and 
so distracting. I definitely try and guide my clients to things that are more solid, especially when in the environment that they're in, like an outdoor location, when there's a pattern in the background, there's a pattern in your clothing, your eyes just don't know where to go. So that's why I really try and guide them uh, to be cognizant of the clothing they select so that they can love their images for a really long time. Um, just um, uh, changing the subject uh, a little bit, Jessica, um, a lot of photographers, as you know, try and balance this or talk about this, uh, you know, work-life balance with home life. And you've got two beautiful children, Grace and, and Jacqueline. Um, how do you do that? Like you're a busy mom anyway, you've got two kids and then you've got this incredibly successful business. Um, Let's supposing that I was a mum, that's hard to visualize, I know, but, and I had two kids and uh, what advice would you give me if I wanted to be a photographer as well and run a studio? So I was real nervous. You're going to ask me about this question. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I, I was like, Bernie, don't ask me about work-life balance. I am not the epitome of someone that needs to guide anyone on work-life balance. I don't sleep a lot. Let's just be real. That's a definite true story. Um, so I think that there's been phases in my career, right? So uh, when I graduated from college, there was a balance between being a teacher and trying to have a small business. And so for that, I kind of went full steam ahead because I could. I was young and I didn't have a family and I had that opportunity. Then there was a transition of, I took the leap and I still, I was married. Uh, my husband was a teacher at the time, but we didn't have full financial stability that I could just fail. So there was that push to make sure that I uh, contributed to our household, me and my husband. Then there was a period of time where I had gotten pregnant. And then the year that I got pregnant, my husband went to law school and so we were a one income family. And so it was, I had to work to provide and I enjoy working. I, I, a lot of people are like, I would never want to do that many, that many sessions. Well, I don't do it alone. You know, I photograph all the sessions, but I have Robin and Karen. And that is a huge part of my work-life balance. If I did not have Robin processing my images, selling our photographs and our portraits, and Karen doing the editing and the design work, that's my work-life balance that allows me to have now the time with my children that I do. So I think the people in my life, including my husband and Robin and Karen, help to create that, what I try to achieve as a work-life balance. Typically my day when we're in our busy season, I start at 4.45 in the morning and I review photographs um, create content for, in terms of a true authentic commentary that goes along with our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter posts. Um, so I start at 445. I get ready, uh, from 615 to 645. I wake my children up at 645. Uh, we leave the house by 730. I, we drop our children off. My first session starts at 815. My last session ends so that I can pick up my kids at five. Five to eight is dedicated family time. That is the time where we eat dinner, we have activities, and kids, we attempt to get in bed by eight o'clock. And then 
if I'm busy, which this year has been a very busy year, I will sit back down at my desk and work again from 8.30 until 10, something like that. So when, when I'm busy, that's my work life. When we're, when we're a little bit more steady, there's a little more balance there because I'm not photographing where we are. I don't typically photograph outside, which are my morning and afternoon sessions. I don't do those sessions uh, in from like the end of November through March. So uh, Jessica, that's uh, interesting. Uh, you've missed out a lot of, a lot of that uh, from my experiences of uh, you know, being driven to uh, run a business and nothing could stop me getting to my studio in the morning and I hated leaving at night, but I did have to go home because I had two kids as well. But we were fortunate enough that uh, at uh, 6 a.m. in the morning, we used to have a van drive up in our driveway and my wife used to hand the washing basket to them and it used to come back the following morning all washed and ironed. We used to have gardeners come in to do the garden and all of that. Do you have staff like that to help you as well? <laughs> yes. So I have someone who comes and cleans my house. Um, yes. We have people that help with our outside landscaping. Uh, and, you know, like I said, if I didn't have Robin and Karen here at the studio, like this would not be possible, not in the volume yep. that we have uh, for sure. Are you shooting so, every 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 day uh, during the week, uh, Jessica? Monday through Friday, yes. Wow. And you have uh, Robin and Karen working full time. Uh, have you had them for quite some time, or was that uh, something that you've done recently? So Robin has been with me for twelve years. Uh, Karen has been with me. I think it's eight and a half now. Yeah, so a long time, and we've. In August, September, October, November, into December, I had another part-time person that would check in all of our portraits, check everything off, make sure everything was perfect uh, before we called clients. So in yep. your, when you're not shooting, what are some of the fun things that you like to do? What do I do for fun? Well, so much of my time, I mean, honestly, and I've said this before, if I'm not working, I really wanna be with my family. Of course, I've got a great network of friends. COVID has been a little challenging when it comes to network of friends and being able to go out. To, we, I mean, we used to love to go out to eat. We're big foodies. My husband and I love great food um, and good wine and traveling. My husband and I love to travel. My kids love to travel. We love to be at the beach. Um, there's a place up in the mountains that we go every year. We love to hike and walk, walk in the fall color, spring color. So you know, family time right now, my kids are at awesome ages. You know, Jacqueline's about to be five, Grace is nine. And these are really precious, precious years and fleeting, honestly. I mean, I see it every day. That's one of the gifts of photographing high school seniors is that you're reminded every single day of the gift of your children and that one day you're not gonna need to wake them up in the mornings because they're gonna be in college. And so I, one of the gifts of photographing seniors that I recognize immensely is that uh, this time is precious. And I think if nothing else, COVID has given us that too, that gratitude um, and that appreciation. And sometimes it's challenging, you know, being together so much, um, especially when it's forced time like it is and so concentrated. Uh, but it really has been a gift. And I was reminded, my daughter said that to me. She said, mommy, you know the best thing about COVID? And I'm like, uh, I would love to know what the best thing is. And she's like, we get to spend so much time with our family 
And so that was a nice little validation that, um, you know, Mark, our kids actually like us. That probably is fleeting too, because, you know, teenagerhood it doesn't <laughs> always mean that they like you, right? So That's right. I'll hang on to these moments for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I can completely relate to that. Uh, my son, uh, he's going to be 17, uh, sorry, he's 79. He's going to be 18 uh, at the end of this month. And when I left uh, my job, a uh, corporate job, uh, was it six years ago or so? Uh, so he was about 11 uh, when he left. And for the same reason, I wanted to spend some time. And even up to, at, until now, even during this COVID times, uh, all of us, my wife's are working from home and uh, I've been around most of the time because I haven't been going to the studio because we've been under a lockdown. You guys haven't. So um, just being around family, it just gives you an appreciation for all the times that uh, you, you're not around. So I know at times it may feel like, oh, everybody's like cramped together. But I think we're going to remember this. Uh, that's probably the best thing out of this uh, COVID timeframe. Absolutely. I agree 100% for sure. Yes, uh, uh, precious times uh, with those kids. So uh, you mentioned about being a wedding photographer, and it seems that uh, most photographers start off with weddings, the, the hardest genre to do, but they say they love photographing weddings. I've had a lot of incidents uh, happen at uh, weddings. Jessica, uh, any uh, embarrassing moments for you uh, photographing a wedding? Um. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, when I first started, I was working for another wedding photographer. And so I was literally photographing 10 hour weddings using my own Bronica, you know, my own square format camera. Um, and I was paid a whopping $100 for each of those weddings, right? So wow. I was killing it, man, totally killing it. But I learned so much from those days um, about human interaction and um, working with people. And so there was a real gift in that that was not monetary, right? And so when I was contemplating, um, you know, getting out of it, I started kind of slimming them down. And my last two weddings were complete and total affirmation that God was like straight up going, girl, you got to get out of this. This is not for you. And so I had one of my last weddings um, was actually a bride from, from New York and uh, her family lives here. And, you know, in our consultation, I said, I recognize that you've told your uh hairstylist that we need to start at this time, but I promised you tell her an hour earlier. You're going to be so glad if you have that all done. Well, this rain system, you know, came in and she really wanted her photographs outside. And so she was an hour late shocker. And so if we had started an hour before there was no rain. And so I'm outside standing in there pouring down rain, having uh, Karen hold the umbrella over top of me and a light and trying to photograph these people with umbrellas. The bride is drenched. The mom drank too much. We <laughs> ended up, it was horrible. Um, I had a flash unit that apparently had gotten wet and was not firing, you know, just the anxiety of all of this. Right. So we get to the reception. I'm in the back with the mom and the bride, the mom, as I said, was inebriated and the daughter looks at her mom and she's like, mom, does my hair look okay? And she's like, yeah, it looks great. And I looked at her and I said, it doesn't, it looks horrible, but I'm going to take care of you. And so I literally had to break out the curling iron. I'm curling her hair. I'm trying to mediate her mother and her who are completely fighting. And at that point I said, yep, hanging that thing up 
For sure. So there were definite signs there at the end. I'm very grateful that I had typically very good brides. Every once in a while, I had a mother that was a bit challenging. (laughs) But I will say overall, I had really amazing brides that are even clients now that I photograph their children. And so I was very, very fortunate to have nothing totally catastrophic happen. Uh, But needless to say, I had many anxiety ridden dreams of not being able to find the reception or not being able to have my equipment work or just things that I'm so grateful I don't have to worry about anymore, you know? Uh, A lot of us photographers have dropped the camera on some occasion and myself about four times. Have you ever done that? I have, yes, twice. (laughs) The first time it happened, I was probably about 14 years into being a professional when I did it. So I feel like that was pretty good. And I uh, had a a small session come in. It was just um, one casual outfit, this boy, and uh, one tux, right? So a traditional Southern tux for the yearbook. And so I hadn't met them previously. And so two women accompanied uh, this uh, young man, 17 year old. And so he's getting dressed and I'm making small talk. And the one woman appeared to probably be 40. The other woman appeared to be probably 70. And so I said, so you're his mom? And she said, oh yeah, I'm his mom. And then I said, and I looked over to the other lady and I said, and you're, and I paused and there was no answer. So the assumption was grandmother. So which I said, grandmother. And she's like, oh no, we're partners. And I was like, oh, why did I finish this sentence? Why did I not just shut up, right? And so um, at that point I was like kind of shaking and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I go back over my camera. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she was like, oh no, in your defense, you know, there's 31 years difference between us, you know? And I was like, oh, well, that's great. Love is love. You know, that's wonderful. And I go over the camera and I thought I locked it onto my camera stand and I turn and I hear a crash and my 70 to 200 and my camera are separated laying on the floor my 70 to 200s in two pieces and I will say of that moment the one thing I'm really proud of it's no bad words came out of my mouth there were a few quite a few quite a few in my head for sure but I'm like, this is like the worst session in the history of ever. So total embarrassment, but we all have those moments, I think. And I called Canon and Canon was like, oh, we're pretty sure we can put it back together. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you can't. And they're like, send it to us. You'd be surprised what we can do. And then I sent it to them and they're like, oh yeah, no, we can't fix that. I'm like, yeah, I told you so. <laughs> so anyway, yep, it happens. And I guess, Jessica, you just went to the car and got your backup camera or was it over your shoulder? Yeah, no, I did. I just went into the other room, grabbed another 70 to 200. My camera was fine, actually, and just kept on going. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's, that's, a, that's terrific. That's a sign of a professional, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, total professional. He doesn't have their camera on the camera stand. Uh, anyway, it was, it was fine. They ended up being happy. We had a good chuckle. Yeah, so things happen, right? That's why we have insurance. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the great thing about being a professional photographer, and, uh, and Hawk will agree with this, I think, because um, 
what it does, what it enables us to do, and certainly has in my career, to travel around the world and to go to some great places. Uh, it's enabled me doing weddings to go to some really five-star places that I normally wouldn't have gone and countries that I wouldn't have gone unless I was a professional photographer because that got me there. And uh, meeting famous people. Have you met any famous people during your career, Jessica? Oh, I'm so not that cool, Bernie. You know, oh, I tell you. Um, surely someone famous. Uh, I mean, you met me in uh, Nashville uh, last year, so that's one famous person. But there you go. Yeah, there's my <laughs> list. You know, and it's, it's funny because I think I had more of those famous little introductions probably earlier in my career when I was uh, working with Reuters and um, I got to photograph Duran Duran. There's a, there's a blast from the past, right? So that was kind <laughs> yeah. of fun. And um, we did, I photographed Wimbledon. So that was fun. And we photographed, um, uh, oh my gosh, what is in New York? I'm having a moment. Uh, the US Open, both golf and tennis with a friend of mine, Kevin Lamarck. So that was fun. He's a, a White House photographer that I did my internship with in London. And so we still stayed in touch. And he's, you know, one of the guys that flies on Air Force One and um, either fortunately or unfortunately, however you uh, would like to describe it over his years of following around the, the various presidents. So yeah, so it, it's, uh, I think it can take you to wonderful and beautiful places, whether it's, you know, weddings or portraits or even, you know, the workshops that we've done throughout different places in the country. Um, and honestly, in terms of my travel, I really, I, sometimes I like, I'd like to hold my camera for my personal reasons, but it's not always that I'm going to a place or a location for the purpose of a client, but really that it's the purpose of um, having some downtime in your career and maybe doing something a little different. Um, you know, I'm not a landscape photographer, photographer, but I am one that can appreciate a, a nice landscape. So it is nice to kind of balance that as well. Uh, Jessica, <laughs> uh, get ready. We've got uh, Bernie going to be throwing uh, 10 questions at you, rapid fire questions. And uh, I'll All let right. Bernie I'm explain. And, uh, and we always have a big prize at the end. So just be ready. Hey, uh, that, that's not fair, Hawk. Look, I was just uh, really interested in listening to more of Jessica and you've just cut us off. Well, Bernie, we can still keep going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it, we call you the co-host, but you actually run the things around here. So whatever you want to do, it's up to you, man. Well, I think we were just getting going, but I, I think uh, uh, we have to have Jessica back at some stage because there are a lot more stories there and Maybe we do it uh, in the evening and we all have a glass of red wine in our hand, including you, Hawk, and we should get some really good stories there. Well, I can, I can I borrow some red wine from my wife, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. Anytime, guys. Yeah. So, Jessica, we just uh, have 10 quick, quick questions. Uh, the thing for you, the challenge is to answer them in, in one word. Um, you, know, in you know, in college, they call me the yapper. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a true that's, story. My, my brother's, uh, excuse me, my husband's brother, um, called me the yapper. And so in all fairness, his nickname was the jerk. So yeah, <laughs> I'll take the yapper. Um, but okay. One word that really is more of a challenge for me than well, you know. So, okay. okay. There is a prize and, uh, the prize, uh, the uh, photographers I coach around the world, we're all getting together in Texas at the end of the year. Uh, and, um, if you can answer these questions <laughs> with just one word, 
um, a hawk is going to pay your airfare to Texas, all the accommodation, all the red wine you want to drink and all the food will be on hawk. All right. Yeah, no worries. I mean, I, wow. I, I already have Bernie's card in my pocket, so I'm happy to pay for it. Nice. All right. So <laughs> These are some serious things to be uh, trying big, to achieve. Price. Like yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of writing on it. So Jessica. There's <laughs> a lot of writing on this. Yeah. No one, by the way, has uh, managed to go through the challenge. So uh, here we go. Uh, what's your favorite red wine? Prisoner. Uh, favorite city in the world? Anna Maria. And what sport do you play? Tennis. If you could have dinner with one-on-one -on -one with any person in the world, living or dead, who would that be? Robin Williams. What's your favorite movie? Steel Magnolias. Favorite camera you've ever owned? I've already lost this game, so the one I own, whichever one that is. Okay, yes, you have lost the game. <laughs> You got out of it again. I know, but Steel uh, Magnolias is two was, words. Was Anna Maria was, is two words. I'd already yeah, lost. You know what I'm game. saying. I might as well answer it for real. Yeah. The yapper comes out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> would, uh, would you like to uh, relive your life? Yes or no? That's a hard one. I, I think, right. No, and I think, you know, I'm grateful for the life that I have. And um, I mean, I think there's some religion that comes into that potentially as well. But, you know, I think that... Uh, while it hasn't always been an easy road, it's been my road. And without the bumps along the way, I don't think we'd be who we are. So I think um, I'm grateful for the life that I have, for sure. That's great. And if you believed in a particular religion, you would be coming back again, so. Right, it's true, it's true. <laughs> if I believed in that religion, I would straight up come back as some of my clients' dogs because they treat their dogs better than some people treat their own children. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite food? My husband's an amazing cook, so I have lots of favorites. Right now I'm feeling ceviche. That You call that food? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yumminess. Yeah. I love Italian food. Um, you know, my husband's part Italian. I love a great filet mignon. I mean, like, don't worry. I love me some food. <laughs> and and uh, who would you like to be if you weren't you? And don't say Bernie. No, most <laughs> people say Bernie, Jessica, but you don't have to say that. Try and be unique and not say Bernie. Okay. Um, about wanting to be someone else. I really genuinely haven't. I mean, I think that there's cool things about being each person, but then there's also drawbacks to being that, right? So if you're like, dude, I want to be Kamala Harris, that life ain't easy at all, you know? But at the same time, look at the role that she has, like in the, the power that she has achieved and the success that she's achieved, you know? But then sometimes I look at the impact of what my daughter's teacher does for her her and I think wow how amazing is that right so I think that from the most powerful there's benefits and drawbacks just like in our own daily lives there's you know things that are hard and there's things that are great you know yep okay I I wanted to be Tom Jones but that's another story uh that's for the <laughs> podcast I do um if you uh <laughs> I was gonna say if you joined us on the pre uh, podcast show you could have heard uh, Bernie uh, belting out some it's uh, not unusual stuff. to be loved by anyone no. <laughs> uh, love it love it that's if, great <laughs> if, you, if you hadn't been a photographer what would you have liked to have been well, as you know, I was pre-med and I think that happiness is a choice. So whatever you end up doing, I think that you have to find your own happiness in every single day. Uh, 
I, I never imagined wanting to be anything else now, now that I love what I do. I feel like every day I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. And I, because of this past spring, when I wasn't photographing, it made me realize how much I am grateful for what I get to do every day. And I genuinely don't want to do something else, you know? Do I want to be a professional traveler? Oh yeah, sure. Do I want to be a professional, um, you know, professional eater at nice restaurants? Sure, whatever that is, right? <laughs> I mean, are there things that I would love to do in my life? For sure, but in terms of a career, um, I am so blessed to get to do what I get to do every day and have the impact uh, in my small community. And this is really genuinely what I want to do. And what's your motivation to get out of bed every morning? Uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, for my children and for my family, right? To be there for them. Um, and then secondarily, to create these memories for uh, the kids that I get to work with every day and to help them, uh, especially through this crazy time, see their own beauty, see their own worth, feel celebrated, and help them see more in themselves than they were able to before I had my interaction with them. Great. Well, pity you didn't win the prize, Jessica, but a great insight into your head. <laughs> oh, it's scary in there. Don't you worry. That's a, that's a plenty more in there. Very, yeah. very place to be. I don't know if you really want to be in there, but uh, I, I tried to be as honest as I possibly could be with you. So. Fantastic. All right, I'll hand over to you, Hawk, just to close the episode, okay? Well, thanks, Bernie. Thanks for the uh, beautiful rendition uh, for uh, Tom Jones uh, that you just did. And we'll, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yep. Jessica, thank you very much. Uh, it was great uh, hearing uh, about your business, uh, about the family life and some of the stories. And uh, we would love to have you back. Uh, hopefully, you will still decide to come back, uh, regardless of what Bernie says here. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, thanks to all our listeners for listening to today's episode. And we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I would be honored to come back and hang out with you guys anytime. So Cheers. thank you guys. Thank you. Bye.